I'm Matt Brownell. And I'm Van Owens. And I'm Tim Adams. Welcome to Climbing the Mountain, where we dive into the scriptures and discuss themes, connections, and real-life application. We're kicking off a series here where we're going to examine the Sermon on the Mount and discuss implications for this teaching for Christians today. Welcome, everyone, to our our, uh, next podcast here. We're going to talk today about oaths. And when I was researching this, when I was getting ready to uh, be, this is the first one that I'm moderating. So I wanted to, I thought, this is good. This is going to be an easy one. This is going to be one that (laughs) is so straightforward that we'll talk for 10 minutes and we'll have it down. All done. And yeah, it is not that at all. And I'm going to start. I'm going to dive right in. We're just going to read the passage. We're coming out of Matthew chapter 5 and reading in verse 33, it says, again, you've heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. And so there are uh, there are passages in the Old Testament Uh, Numbers 30, Deuteronomy 23, to name a couple, that reference making a vow to the Lord. The first question I have is, what what does this mean? Is it a promise to do something for the Lord? Uh, A calling of God as a witness between the person making the vow and the person to whom it is made? Is it both? Is it neither? What what does this mean? That's that's a good question. I think it's important we define the terms oath and vow. To take an oath means to swear by or upon some sacred object or divine witness. It marks the seriousness of what you're saying. So Mm -hmm. I think if you're in a court and you're called to bear witness, they have you put your hand on the Bible and swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God. To make a vow is to solemnly promise in this context of the phrase, the Lord, which I think we see this phrase is at issue in this example. Um, To swear an oath before God is to promise to another person in God's sight. So to make a vow to the Lord is to promise to God. Mm -hmm. And what I think Jesus is doing here, though, is because he's he isn't quoting a specific verse like he did in the, the first couple examples mm-hmm. from the Ten Commandments. Uh, he's getting at, I think, the whole of the law's emphasis on truth. And when I was studying for this topic, the two verses you mentioned, uh, along with Leviticus 19, were very interesting and, and relate directly to this topic. And, and I want to read those scriptures you referenced. So no, Numbers 30, verse 2, it says, If a man vows a vow to the Lord, or swears an oath to bind himself by a pledge, he shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. 
And then in Deuteronomy's tw- uh, 23, 21, and 22, it says, If you make a vow to the Lord, your God, you shall not delay in fulfilling it. For the Lord your God will surely require it of you, and you will be guilty of sin. But if you refrain from vowing, you'll not be guilty of sin. So I think this phrase, to the Lord, is key to understanding the issue Jesus is addressing and how our righteousness should surpass that of the Pharisees and teachers of law. I think Jesus is particularly emphasizing that phrase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was uh, curious, Matt, how you're going to respond to that because I had I went down to try to figure out the difference uh, or what what this actually means and kind of landed at a similar place <laughs> as you, but. I, I didn't know. I, I was like, because I, I haven't thought about the difference between vo- vows and oaths. Um, but the way I typically do this, when I'm trying to understand how these words get used, I go to the passage that I'm trying to understand, and I look up the word, whether it's a Hebrew word or a Greek word, and I basically go to that on Blue Letter Bible, and I try to find all the other places That's great that uh, use that word. And then I just try to understand, like, in context, you know, how do these get used? Uh, so, Matt, I totally agree with what you said. Like, vow is a voluntary promise to God, and oath is like a promise to others in the presence of God, I think is the, my rephrasing of that. Um, mm-hmm. the, the verses that helped me with that um, for the, a vow in Judges 11.30, Jeff Thath is talking. He makes a very rash promise, but he, <laughs> he basically says, if you give the Ammonites into my hand, then, and he gives his promise. So he's talking to God and he's like, you know, this is the deal. This is how we're going to do stuff. But he didn't have to do that. He was just giving this voluntary promise. And then uh, in 2 Samuel 15 through 7, Absalom's talking. He's actually lying. Mm -hmm. But he says, let me go to Hebron and fulfill a vow I made to the Lord. So it's like, I made this promise to God. I told him I would go to this place. I would give these sacrifices you know, let me go do that. So that's how, those are the scriptures I thought for, okay, this is what vows mean. And then in, uh, for oaths, one that was really helpful to me was Exodus 22, where it says, verse 10 through 11, it says, if a man gives to his neighbor a donkey or an ox or a sheep or any beast to keep safe and it dies or is injured or is driven away without anyone seeing it, an oath by the Lord shall be between them. That's like very clear. Like there's a, uh, it goes on, but the point is like it's it's something between these two people. That in term, the directionality is what I think is important. Hmm. Um, so yeah, there's more scriptures, but I think I wanted to just add that that if you're ever unsure of okay, how do I actually know what these words mean, mm-hmm. and we're not just like pulling it out of a random place or pulling <laughs> it out of a dictionary and saying this is definitely mm-hmm. what it is. You know, there's, we're trying to understand the scriptures have these different ways of using it. And that's how we make these definitions. It's such a good resource you mentioned too. I just want to reiterate blue letter Bible. Look that up. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it is so important to define the terms here and to understand them and their, the cultural significance that it had to the first hearers of these words, because honestly, they don't really mean that much. This is why I thought this was going to be such an easy topic. Mm. Because when I when you think of an oath now, the only context that I have for an oath outside of the scriptures is testifying in court. Yeah. 
You put your hand on the, I think they still put their hand on the Bible, or maybe you can decide not to, I think now. And you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And sometimes they still add, so help you God. And, you know, and I think, and the only context that I have for a vow is marriage vows, which mm. we spent a lot of time talking about and which obviously bridges into what we're talking about here. So it's really good yeah. to have those terms defined and uh, to know what it is we're exactly talking about. I, I think of their passages uh, in the Old Testament. There's a passage in Leviticus 19. There's a passage in James where there's a reference made to the practice of swearing in the name of the Lord, which I think we've talked about a little bit so far. I want to ask you guys, does this have anything to do with the commandment taking the Lord's name in vain. One of the Ten Commandments is, you shall not take the Lord's name in vain. And if it does, what does that, how should we handle things like popular expressions like OMG, oh my God, which is used thousands of times every day by almost everybody I talk to, or the tendency to use the name of Jesus Christ to express all kinds of things, everything from Surprise to disgust. Well, um, Leviticus 19, that was, that's another one I was looking at. It's a special chapter. It figures prominently in the Sermon on the Mount uh, several times, mm-hmm. um, but especially where it's concerned about loving your neighbor, right? That's the one where it's you know the greatest commandment, and then the second is like it, and he quotes Leviticus 19.18. So... Um, it's also, like you said, James, right? So that's, it, it figures prominently in James. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. Um, it, he, he quotes um, uh, Jesus in chapter five as a sort of reminder and bookend to all the teaching that went before concerning our pride and self-focus and taming the tongue. And I, I, so I, I guess I just want to read that, that verse uh, in Leviticus 19, 12, but I want to start one verse before in verse 11. It says, you shall not steal, you shall not deal falsely, you shall not lie to one another, you shall not swear by my name falsely, and so profane the name of your God, I am the Lord. So I think this verse is a great bridge between the overall sense of what Jesus is addressing, that our speech should be truthful and genuine, you know, um, your specific question concerning the third commandment, though, I think Jesus is definitely getting at the third commandment in his teaching in Matthew 5, but I, I have to pull back for a minute to give context. I think um, the taking the Lord's name in vain mm-hmm. is not what we think of it today. I don't think God is as concerned with his name being used in foul language, although I, I don't think we should do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that word to take is actually to carry, to take up, or even put on, or wear. Mm-hmm. If you if you call yourself a God follower and then drag his name, his good name, through the mud with how you're living, you've brought dishonor to his name. You've mm-hmm. taken his name as if it were a light thing, not the glorious thing that it is. So how does this relate? Well, Matthew 5, we see several examples that Jesus gives of holy places that the Pharisees had taken into their oaths, heaven, earth, Jerusalem. By the way, he gives more examples in Matthew 23 in his condemnation of the Pharisees. However, the the thing he does in each of these three examples in Matthew 5 is tie them back to the name of the Lord. 
Each of them are related to God, a place upon which he has set his name. In 2 Chronicles 6, 6, uh, it's an example, but now I have chosen Jerusalem for my name to be there. So these places were intended to display the glory of God. So when we swear by these sacred, sacred places, we swear by God's name too. He's kind of like, ah, gotcha. Mm. <laughs> uh, if we <laughs> then break our word, we dishonor his name. In effect, we break both the third and ninth commandments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just to add uh, to that, that idea of you know, what is God's name even. It's, it's his, it is his name, you know, the thing that the letters that we write down or we mm-hmm. say but there's much more in, in the Old Testament. God's name is used to refer to like his whole character, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, there's uh, Leviticus 22, verse 2 says, Tell Aaron and his sons to treat with respect the sacred offerings the Israelites consecrate to me, so they will not profane my holy name. I am the Lord. I mean, that, that doesn't have anything to do with God's name. That has to do with the respect that we yeah. we give to him, right? And uh, there's a bunch more examples that are similar to that. So there's it, yeah. So I I think going back to Matthew five, this is one probably of any of the six. This is probably the one where it's easy for people to say, "What's the big deal?" Mm-hmm. Right? Because mm-hmm. we've so desensitized ourselves to, we don't really use oaths or vows uh, in exactly the same way that they did then. Uh, but even then it can feel like, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm just saying something. Why does this matter? And Jesus is saying, you know, all you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. <laughs> like he's putting a very strong weight on our words. And mm-hmm. I think that's, mm. Because uh, just like God's name is is intricately bound up with his character and who he is, you know, our words and what we say are intricately bound up with who we are, right? Mm-hmm. And so we can, I think we can unpack that. But knowing that God's name is more than just the the word itself helps me see that connection. Yeah, yeah. I think that is a, a very important. And we we really have, I think, lost contact with that in our day and age. Um, I think something about what you said, Matt, uh, uh, spurred the thought in me of uh, calling myself a Christian. Hmm. That is quite literally putting upon myself the name of yeah. God yeah. Yeah. when I say I'm a Christian. And I think of the times when I say that, am I honoring God's name? when I say that? Hmm. Or am I dishonoring God's name? Do I say that I'm a Christian? Or for people who know me, who know that I'm a Christian and then see how I behave, am I am I then taking the Lord's name in vain Yeah. by doing that? Um, it's a very, very sobering thought. And I, I also think about what you were saying, Tim, about the fact that um, when we're talking about God's name, it's not just His name. We're talking about we're talking about everything that He yeah. is, mm-hmm. and everything that He is is everything. 
and, and so it's not something that we should take lightly. And uh, the the thing that, and it, this is what I realized as I was doing research for this, is that that's what makes this all of a sudden, this is a very deep, intense talk because yeah. we're talking about we're talking about the totality of God here. Yeah. We're not just talking about words. Holy, holy, holy. Exactly. And I think that's what Jesus was getting at here is that this is not just words. This is not just a name. And, you know, the 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 ancient Israelites, the the Jews have a they they hallow that name in in, mm. in a different way from the way we think about it as Christians. The the way that the the way that it's written even in the Old Testament, there are there are long texts about what it means to say that word, mm -hmm. and people who won't even say that word for fear of misusing it. Mm. So yeah, it's a it's a heavy topic. Can I read a quote that I found that like knocked my socks off? Yeah, I, <laughs> and it connects to this uh, when we when we call ourselves Christians. When we're, you know, we take up God's name, uh, that has a profound impact. So it, this is from this guy named Hermas. I honestly don't know too much about him, mm -hmm. but he says, "Love the truth and let nothing but truth proceed from your mouth. That the spirit which God placed in your flesh may be found truthful before everyone, hmm. and the Lord who dwells in you will be glorified, because the Lord is truthful in every word, and in Him is no falsehood." Therefore, those who lie deny the Lord and mm. rob him, not giving back to him the deposit which they have received. For they receive from him a spirit free from falsehood. If they give him back the spirit untruthful, they pollute the commandment of the Lord and become robbers. Mm. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I don't think like, there's nothing more that I need to say about that. <laughs> That's quite a turn of phrase there. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, Jesus is using very extreme language here again. And, uh, you know, it, it's to clarify a, a practice that had been trivialized by the believers. Why is the language so, and I, I feel like we've asked this question mm -hmm. before, but I think it's worth asking it again. Why is the language so extreme? What's at stake yeah. here? Yeah. For the people's hearts and minds. I think he's doing the same thing again a little bit. He's he's um, trying to wake them up. Mm -hmm. They'd lost the seriousness about being sincere and honest. And really, when you think about it, it's, it's human or sinful nature to lie. We do it so often. Mm -hmm. I mean... It, it's kind of hilarious too. Like now that I'm a, since I'm becoming a dad, mm -hmm. I look at my my child and it's so obvious that they're lying to me. I mean, they're not good at right. it. They're not clever enough mm -hmm. to figure out how to lie well yet. Which um, is a, actually that be kind. Of, it's kind of sad when you mm -hmm. you do learn how to do that. Right. But I think uh, I, sometimes I wonder like, is that how God? views us when we are not truthful it's we're so obvious it's so not his language that he speaks like i love that quote you you mm -hmm. mentioned tim um and I, I guess i wonder why we're so easy on ourselves about it too i mean and and, and but at the same time we go crazy when someone else tells a little white lie of fib if it, it impacts us 
Um, and that's not God's heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there was a, when I was studying for this, I, there was a, a passage I came across in Psalm 15, 4. It says, a righteous man swears to his own hurt and does not change. Hmm. And that mm. cut me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, so th- we don't, we don't do oaths in the same way that, you know, they might have where it's like, okay, you know, I swear by God's throne, right. That mm-hmm. I will X, mm. but we, you, you just said, Matt, that like everyone lies all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Like this, this is just the air that we breathe. And so we get really good at trying to figure out is someone being truthful to me? And mm-hmm. we have a lot of ways of like asking, you know, you really mean that, you know, mm-hmm. um, I don't, I don't, you said that, but I don't believe it. Right. Give me more, give me more mm-hmm. evidence that this is a real thing. And I, so, I mean, lawyer, one of the things, lawyers are trained to spot it, right? right. I mean, we have whole <laughs> professions that are like, this is my job. Right. To just t- detect when, when someone <laughs> not being truthful to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've been wrestling with this. I mean, I, but I, I think more or less where I'm at is that when Jesus says, like, all you need to say is simply yes or no, anything beyond this comes from the evil one, that he's basically saying, like, that should be your your MO, right? This is, mm. you just, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be going around making promises or oaths or, you know, basically having to make these claims that are, okay, I was... I'm actually telling the truth this time. This time I mean it. (laughs) Right. And so to me, (laughs) it's helpful to think about, yeah, so, so why, why that extreme language? And it's like, well, most of the time, you know, the way that I can behave or the way that other people can behave is that I don't follow through on what I say, Hmm. right? I'm not a person or we collectively often are not people who are worthy of mm-hmm. respect that when I just say, yes, I'll do this. No, that's not true. That that's actually the case. Mm-hmm. And so he says, anything beyond this comes from the evil one. And I think that's because if you need to swear an oath, if you need to like say, no, 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 really, really, really like, mm-hmm. or whatever, there's a million ways that can look like that means that there's a serious breakdown mm-hmm. in, uh, Either that relationship, right, where someone knows this person is characteristically mm-hmm. untruthful or doesn't follow through. That's, or it's just like I'm scarred from all the previous relationships <laughs> that I've been in, yeah. and I know that yeah. people typically lie. And th- this is an opportunity when I come into the presence of someone who's actually living this way to see, oh wow, someone can actually just be full of integrity, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's that's an incredible thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think that's why Jesus is like, I think Jesus is saying to, to wrap it up in a bow, you know, anything beyond this comes from the evil one because anything beyond this does come from the evil one. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that, that, that those shouldn't be these oaths and promises should not be in our vocabulary because they represent the, the brokenness and fallen nature yeah. of our world. Yeah. I, you know, I think springing off of what you said, Matt, about your, about your kids, it is an interesting thing that we are so we're we're used to living in a place where people lie all the time. Mm-hmm. Where almost everything you hear, you have to wonder are they really telling the truth? 
you know, if you say to someone, what do you think of this tie? And they say, oh, it's nice. <laughs> You're wondering, do they mean nice like they just want to dismiss me and they don't care? Right, right. Do they mean nice? The first thing in your mind is not, oh, so therefore it is a nice tie. That's not the first thing in your mind. The first thing in your mind is what what are they actually telling me? Yep. And I think the fact that it is true with kids that they're really bad at it when they first start doing it. My son, my son used to he'd be all the way in his room which was in the back of the house and he'd scream, "Dad!" and I'd say, "Yes," mm -hmm. and he'd say, "Don't come in here." <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's because he was very tuned in. You know, he was at the time going to Sunday school. He was very tuned in to lying about things. Uh -huh. And so he never wanted to lie. So if he did something wrong, he would just want to not me not to discover it. So he wouldn't have to lie. <laughs> and uh, it, it, it's just but it's amazing to me. One of the one of the things that I realized again as I was researching this is that we've lost sort of our. Um, sort of our intentionality about mm -hmm. our words. Mm -hmm. We don't we don't take our own words seriously. Yeah, and we'll say it's so easy for somebody to say, "Oh, I'm having a party on such and such a date. Are you going to come?" And you say, "Yeah, I'll be there." And in your mind, you know, as you say it, I'm not really going to nah. go. Yeah, I think I'm I'm not really going to go. And no, my word is my bond. Right. And maybe it doesn't affect that relationship as much because maybe that person who's inviting you to a party is not really even a friend of mm -hmm. yours, but it affects you. Mm -hmm. It affects it affects your own integrity, uh, sort of to the quote that uh, you were saying just now, Tim. So uh, we've had a good talk so far, and I think we've got a little bit more to unpack with uh, oaths, but we're gonna end this one right here. This has been great, thanks. Thanks you guys. Thanks.